Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions. Um, this week I'm joined by another American band, believe it or not, doing a trot. This is a post-rock duo as from Sacramento, California, Living With Giants. I have Carver Simmons, Ryan Manny, lads, thanks so much for coming on the show. Of course, good, good to be here. Great stuff, lads. Busy time for you, I know. <laughs> I'm actually excited to have you on the show because, Ryan, we've been back and forth on messages over the last few weeks and yes. you've been good enough to share with me your new single, which when I think about it, a single, it's 16 minutes long. Like, so, I mean, you could nearly call it an EP if you wanted, you know? Yeah, that was kind of, you know. Yeah, but come here, we'll have, we'll have plenty of time after to talk about that. Um, but I, I can't wait to dig deep into that, that that single. But before that, I mean, it's not even a year ago, lads, since you released This Place Is Not A Home back in May, I think it is, May 2022. Yeah. So, lads, give me a little bit of uh, feedback on that album. What's the journey been since then, the last year? I mean, has feedback been good? Uh, feedback's been really good. Um, we've gone putting on a few favorite picks for um, EPs of the year, um, a few really, really well-worded reviews and just reception on it. Um, it. You know, it was a collection of songs that we had written and performed when we were more than just a duo. Yeah. So to be able to really kind of close a chapter and put these songs out there and finally get the reception, it was really really great just we weren't expecting much to come out of it but everything that has come out and every new follower that we've gotten from um that release is just mm -hmm. blessed yeah yeah i mean is it doing well on the likes of Bandcamp, or do a lot of people stream it through the likes of spotify we get a lot of playlist streams yeah. okay is that what you want i'm, I'm curious actually with, when it comes to that is that what you need to get on playlists to, to make an impact on spotify for us, it definitely seems to be um, more the route yeah. that it kind of takes. Um, we don't put too much out as far as promotion goes. Mm -hmm. um, we are just a duo. We do everything ourselves. We're yeah. from start to finish of every project that we go on. Um, so part of it is just a little bit um, getting the word out. So, you know, you know. Yeah taking time to do what we're doing right here. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think with being on playlists, it's about getting our music in front of people that want to listen to the type of music we make. Yeah. Um, that's always really the important thing um, is trying to find fans that will, will like our music. Mm. That is the thing, isn't it? When you get into playlists, like you're, you're, you have a new audience as such, like, I mean, people play these playlists in the background, attract, you know, clicks and they obviously just hit their screen mm. just to see who that might be. You know what I mean? So I yeah. suppose it is a big thing to get onto these playlists, but the, the title of this album, or that album from last year, This Place Is Not A Home, where did it come from, lads? Where where was the inspiration for it? Um, It kind of started with me for a little while ago. Um, Originally, funny enough, it was a band name for one of my many con contrived <laughs> side projects that I've tried. <laughs> um, I think that one was like a Doom project or something like that. that I don't know. It was... Yeah. I had a lot of those. <laughs> um, but you just live and breathe music, Ryan, basically, do you? Yeah, that's kind of it for me is like, I just try to group anything that I have a musical expression uh -huh. for with the same kind of sonic characteristic to where okay. I can, you know, put in a presentable package to someone. And sometimes it may not fit living with giants. Sometimes mm -hmm. it may not fit any of the other things I do. So I have to try to contrive something else. 
Very good. What about yourself, Carver? Are you in any other projects or is is Living with Giants sort of your primary project at the moment? Uh, yeah, Living with Giants, I'd say, is is really the primary. Um, yeah. I, I think one thing that's changed with us becoming a duo, too, is that a broader range of things that Ryan comes up with can be folded into Living with Giants. Um, <laughs> yeah. We had, I think when we were, you know, more of a traditional band, we had a narrower view of what living with giants music was yeah Um, Yeah. as we become a duo and sort of transition to being more of a studio band and not being bound to what you know four people can play on a stage Mm -hmm. um the kind of music that we could you know see as being a living with giants released has yeah has brought it a lot Mm -hmm. interesting point actually carver is there ever a talk about bringing your music onto a live stage again the fact that you're a duo as you said carver like is this a recording project for now we'd love to play live yeah, again yeah uh, I, we've always enjoyed playing live and i think we we have a really energetic stage presence mm-hmm. um it's just kind of has been the way we reformed we ended up being two people and we wanted to just kind of record our music and get it out there so that okay. became the okay. priority but um i would say by no means would we close the door on performing live oh very good very good and, and how do you share the workload lads i mean there's two of you there is it a 50 50 split it's pretty <laughs> It's pretty 50-50. Um, we don't do anything unless we both agree on it, first yeah. off. Um, that's kind of the thing. Um, a lot of the times, as far as the process goes, because you know we aren't always able to set up full drum set and get down and have you know, this big, loud practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I live in an apartment, and Carver um, doesn't have the accessibility for us to be able to play a kit at okay. his house. So um, we've kind of started moving into more of a compact kind of laptop setups um, for how we write stuff. So it's a lot of back and forth. Um, So what that really does allow is little nitpicky details for us to start fine tuning. Yeah, you're not alone there. Like the digital age has really, really sort of evolved recording i think hasn't it really you know the days of jamming <laughs> sessions aren't to be all end all anymore like fellas can share files transfer from one content to another it's it's mad what you could do now we we could probably have a whole two hour long discussion about the <laughs> um, audio industry and consumer <laughs> audio industry <laughs> we might be on for another podcast so we might do anything <laughs> domain it might be something interesting to talk about i actually reviewed your album as well last year lads and yes. i find i want to pull just two small passages from it i just said it really is a beautiful piece of positive and uplifting post-rock that will always find a home with listeners that delve into this genre for it's sometimes heartbreaking but positive and emotive highs right and later then i said what's really nice about this is the fact that there's no rush once you're in that moment you can stay for a while and soak it up when the track does eventually change pace, the build is patient and the crescendo finally emerges, filling the sky with bursts of colour that explode into a downpour of positivity, right? Now, I mentioned positivity twice, which doesn't happen too often in the whole post scene. It's always a little bit oh, yeah. on the darker edge, if you know what I mean. Was it was that a conscious thing when you, when you wrote this album, This Place is Not a Home, to keep it more of a positive vibe or is just where your headspace was at at the time? I think it definitely was more in a um, happier mindset at the yeah, time, yeah. kind of what we were kind of going through because 
when we wrote it, um, we had just come off of two years after our first debut album, which mm-hmm. was, um, oh my gosh, um, The World is Held by a Taut String. Yes. Um, so with that album, we had a very, very dark sound and we started playing out and started playing with a lot of metal bands. And um, that's what was available in the Sacramento music scene at the time. Okay. And um also kind of started breaking into a little bit more of the pop punk scene in the Bay Area. So we kind of found a little bit of a influence of both sides. So part of the positivity really um, came from wanting to create the duality of the two um, darker first album and then the follow-up, which would have been This Place Is Not A Home. Okay. Originally we had, um, like I said, we wrote and we were planning on getting it released in 2015, but unfortunately we had a little bit of a hot, just life happened basically. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. It was a question, it was a question for later on the hiatus of six or seven years. I mean, what happened there, but I suppose you might as well just give me a brief rundown anyway. I mean, I know everyone, every band that I speak to, like this is an underground scene, you know, bands have families, they've got kids, they've, busy, busy work lives. So trying to squeeze a band into all this. I, I understand it's not easy, like, but is that basically the reasoning behind yourselves, Carver, Ryan, yeah? Yeah, I mean, um, I moved away a few years to go to school on the East Coast. Um, okay. So I was living here, uh, I mean, a bit before that, Ryan had moved out to move in with the woman he's now married to. Um, our guitarist at the time, Will, also, you know, kind of moved further away. So we kind of got to this point where we weren't able to get together and practice easily. Okay. Um, you know, basically before this hiatus started, we had written, you know, the, this place is not a home, essentially all the songs on that. Uh, we had done full drum tracking sessions around that time. You know, we were really kind of steaming towards uh, getting that release done and out. And then okay. uh, things just kind of slowed down. We were all in different places and, and you know, it was several years of that essentially. Yeah. And I did. Cool. Sorry, go ahead, Ray. It was also um, why so long it took for us to do it is we were learning a lot at the time as well um, as engineers, as musicians. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that is something that we always kind of pride ourselves on was the fact that we were able to do this ourselves. Um, Not necessarily pride, but we, you know, like to be able to hone our craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vision that we have. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it must be a great feeling to be in complete control of, <laughs> of your own music, you know, to be able to mix and master it like you did on, on this album. Yeah. You did everything. It was a like if there was ever a DIY project to be discussed, like this was the album, wasn't it? You did everything. <laughs> From the artwork all the way up until the very end. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Amazing right. stuff. Just about everything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give yourselves the pat in the back there as you deserve it Can you... <laughs> tell me the artwork then i suppose as, as you just touched on it there right again what's the concept behind the artwork on on um, that album for this place is not a home um so with that album artwork um we will touch a little bit on it later as well with rest um yeah but um i was um my wife and i are very close obviously and um she <laughs> You have to say that tonight, anyway. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, at the time, she was in Utah, and she had to be picked up for, like, an emergency. And I just remember 
um, feeling something calling out to me, just, you know, that it, she didn't belong where she was. She was scared. She didn't like it and all this stuff. So I drove okay. about 12 to 16 hours um, from California to Utah to pick her up. Okay. Um, and on that drive is where um, I saw, it's actually a photo of a salt flat for this place is not home. Right. Um, so a lot of people think that it's an ocean, but it's actually just, you know, salt flat. Okay. Um, just that little bit that's out in the um, distance, that's just kind of what really, once we were calmed down and everything, we were able to see that. That's kind of where I felt more at peace once we were able to get that situation handled so i think that's kind of where that kind of fell in okay okay inspiration for the artwork nice one just going back to the mixing and mastering as well there carver you did the mixing am i right and you mastered it right yes yeah is is that something that you do anyway outside of living with giants have you done it for other bands like any other albums and stuff is that uh, I'm not working as a mix engineer, but I went to school for that. So that's, okay. you know, that's a skill I have and I like applying to living with giants. Mm. Um, and Brian's mastering, I, I just don't like to mix and master uh, with our stuff. I kind of like having a fresh set of ears. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've just found it very hard to sort of transition from the mindset of mixing to mastering. So <laughs> having Ryan, uh, you know, take, take that, I think gives a fresh set of ears and we can kind of give each other different feedback as we're transitioning. That's handy actually to be able to play off each other like that, having to, well, with yourself, Ryan, like, I mean, did you specifically want to master and not get involved in the mixing or is it literally clashing heads, talking everything through between you? It really is kind of um, talking everything through. A big part for me is I am definitely not as good as, good of a mix engineer as Carver. <laughs> that that we can just flat out say that. Um, okay. For me, I I like looking at the end result and the bigger picture and kind of constructing around what it is that he's able to deliver and mm -hmm. make sure that everybody has a similar experience. That's always yeah. my, when it comes yeah. to Matt. Joe, again, I'm just thinking there now, like he sat on that album for a good few years. Or so before it actually, from when it was written to when it was released. So mm -hmm. was there many, much tweaking done to that album in between all that? Did you change much? Were you happy with what you had originally put on? It's uh, it's pretty similar to what it was in 2015. There's mm. there's some arrangement changes. Some of the drum parts are a little bit different. Okay. Um, uh, you know the songs are very recognizable. I think as, yeah. as the original parts, but you know there's a few parts here or there. We we when we decided to resurrect it as a project, we kind of went back and looked through and we're trying to examine what worked and what didn't. And yeah, that gap of a few years and kind of pushed you know putting the process of having already written it behind us. Mm -hmm. um, we could kind of approach it and, you know, a few sections we kind of realized weren't doing what we wanted. We rewrote them a little bit, um, you know, slight arrangement tweaks. Um, so there's a few changes, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty similar to what it was when we left off. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, I don't want to be leaving out the world is held by a tall string either, because I mean, that was your debut album. Like, am I right in saying that? Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, another great album. I haven't given as much time, I will be honest, as I have with your, later work like but again how do you look back on that album i mean that's 2011 
2011, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's so for a decade. I mean, we're aging <laughs> fast, lads. Fuck it. But how do you look back? How do you look back on that album? Um, there's a lot of memories that come with that album. Yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of firsts for us. Our first album release, obviously. Um, first album release show. Um, met a ton of friends. Um through that album as well as just having the experience of doing a self-release like we've learned with each release that we've done we've learned so much um every time we go and we're just the kind of people that when we start having these things happen we start taking notes for the next round like okay let's start planning for that um but and also just recording ourselves too like we've had a lot that we've learned since then um something you want to yeah I, I think of how we made that yeah. uh, you know we did it diy similarly but we yeah. really did not know what we were doing at all <laughs> um you know that <laughs> we, we, it came out no, we, pretty well careful give yourself yeah it's, uh, i mean I, i'm i'm always a little bit amazed when i listen back and i you know go oh, this wasn't a total disaster <laughs> you know we actually somehow we accidentally made an album well <laughs> the drums weren't tracked to a traditional click. We had a count in, so yeah, Carver was, was the metronome. There was no, we didn't record it with a click track. Uh, the drums were tracked in a basement with, you know, just incredibly suboptimal acoustics. Really bad um, microphones too. Really cheap microphones, bad setup. The overhead mic was, it was a mono mic that we taped to the ceiling. Literally like. Uh, we, <laughs> so it was. Yeah, it, it, it was, uh, we didn't know what we were doing at all. Um, I didn't know how to mix at the time. We had our friend Sean Stack mix the album, and I am honestly in awe of the way he was able to rescue yeah, it because yeah, yeah. um, we didn't know what we were doing tracking at all. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I look back at, you know, it showed that that's how we wanted to do things. We wanted to do it ourselves. And if we didn't know what we were doing, we were just going to try and see what happened. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that album came out not that long after I joined the band. So that was yeah. kind of my first actual, I would say, contribution. Okay. Um, okay. Really. Nice. You left, you left a good mark there. I know I can tell you that much, Carver. Was that album toured? So did you gig away with that album around back, back that, that stage? We played a lot of shows around Northern California. Um, yeah. Being at the time, um, Carver, I think you were 17 at the time or like you had just turned. Yeah. So we were, he was still doing schooling and stuff. So we were a little landlocked, (laughs) but there were definitely sometimes playing some shows for that, that they were like, oh yeah, you have someone that's under 21. Yeah. You're going to do the opening slot so you can. Yeah. 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 There was a, there was a lot of waiting outside (laughs) for me during that period. Uh, you know, mind, you were told to mind the van carver, I'd say, were you? Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah I did, you know, we play, I play the set, get hustled out the side door, and then I'd like, you know, be listening <laughs> in uh, as the other bands played. Um, so yeah, I mean, we played, we played all over this region. We've um, you know, gone way up northern, very northern California. We played down Running, in the Bay Area, yeah. um, you know, played all over Sacramento, feels like, uh, yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't tour um, kind of you know we didn't do like a West yeah. Coast tour or a national tour or anything, but we during that period we were playing shows all over. Yeah. And, and, what, and what type mm-hmm. of stuff was was popular back then, Ryan? I mean, obviously it wasn't a post rock show you were doing with other bands. Was there a mixture of of styles and genres? A lot of hardcore bands, a lot of okay. um, 
metalcore, um, just that whole scene in Sacramento. Um, like if you think of the likes of like Vela Maya, that style of music. Okay. Um, that's more or less kind of what we were into. And um, I, at the time, was doing photography for bands as well. So we got a lot of connections through that. Right. Um, so, and that's just how it ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of promoters didn't really know what to do with us because we would get stuck on metal shows or hardcore shows or like pop punk shows. Yeah, we actually and, opened for the story so far. Yeah, we, and, you know, it, we always would put a good set, but I, I think a lot of times audiences were expecting very different types of music and, you know, not really our genre. And yeah. so we were always sort of the the odd band on the bill, it felt yeah. like. Yeah. And how did they receive you? That, you know, those that were at the gig? Like, I mean, it was something always, different. We would always have really good reception as far ah, good, as good. when. Um, a lot of people wanting to buy our albums, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of um, merch moving through. Um, but, you know, it just at the time, like I still in Sacramento, I'm not sure of many other. I think there's Renewer and I think Through a Glass Darkly is from Sacramento as well. Okay. I think those are the only two that I really know of. Right. So yeah. it's a pretty small community around the Sacramento area. I know up north, um, they have the Northwest Post-Rock Collective um, that I've been talking to as well. Okay. Um, they have a pretty strong connection there, but I'll try to reach them down in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the likes of Post Festival, no, that's for next year, might be a thought. That would be great. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Come here, I'm going to give everybody a chance to listen to some of your music. I'm going to play Thanks for allowing me to do this, but again, this is from your new single. This is Rest. This is out on the 28th of July, everybody. So this show is out on the 29th. So it might be old news, but even still, get onto fucking Bandcamp, lads, and download this track. It is absolutely incredible. And um, this is Rest. This is from Living With Giants. Guys, have a listen to this.
so there you have it guys what a piece of music i think everyone's going to agree that is rest from living with giants um a 16 minute single lads it just goes through a motive and heartfelt journey it's it's incredible lads. like i get emotional when i hear post rock played played well you know and this track really really struck a chord with me I had a, a bit of a moment myself, I suppose, and I heard it from the first time, Ryan, when you sent it to me, I was driving the car and uh, I was just in a fucking, in another world, I could have crashed, I'd say, because I was in, in a different zone altogether. Musically, it's a little darker than what we would have heard from This Place Is Not A Home. Yes. Um, can you give me some background to this single anyway? Look, I'll just leave you, take the lead on all this, really. Yeah, so... um I, I can start by saying it it kind of happened um we this is the first piece of material that we've written and finished since um we have been post hiatus okay um since we've been post hiatus um back in 2019 um my wife actually got diagnosed with chronic kidney disease um so she's had a rapid decline in her health um, and she's currently on dialysis and on the transplant list now. Okay. Um, so with that, we are actually um, waiting just for a call at this point. But part of this um, process of me being able to, you know, deal with this emotional hurdle, um, I had to find a way to get the energy out because yeah. there's no way that I can hold that and it became a point of therapy to actually start writing music again mm-hmm. um, and that is kind of where rest came in um, originally it started out with just the intro guitar part you know when the drums actually come in yeah um, that was the first part that was written that syncopation with the piano and the guitar and then as things progressed um after this place is not a home and we you know my wife's health was getting worse and worse she had to start dialysis i just need another outlet again mm-hmm. so all the emotions that i had had um i started putting into this piece um okay. and that's kind of where um a lot of the inspiration for the emotions in the piece go um it's not necessarily about her and our journey um, Mm -hmm. of going through this, but it's definitely influenced by it. It definitely reflects into the the sound of the track, yeah. 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 Carver, what was your input into this track then? How how did you get involved in writing this one? Um, I mean, we, when we released the, you know, our last EP, we wanted to basically continue and hit the ground running. So Mm. we've been working on that. I mean, um, you know, obviously I don't have the, the emotional background of the experiences Ryan's saying that have gone to this song, that's yeah. not my experience, but being really close to Ryan and his wife and sort of knowing what they're going through, um, you know, that, that really allowed me to channel that kind of bring my contribution when I was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, because I think the, this song is, has a lot of emotional and en- energy sort of ups and downs. Um, so for me, kind of understanding the background that Ryan was bringing to it, I think helped me kind of apply the right touch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it further explains why I got so emotionally charged listening to it, because obviously I didn't know the background to it, Ryan, until yeah. maybe I tried maybe to a, keep that. 
Yeah, for, maybe to a post only a few days ago, you put an Instagram to give it, giving a little hint on it. And mm-hmm. I can see how you channeled your emotions through this track. And it, it's it's fucking stunning. Like, it really is. And by the way, I, I wish your wife all the very, very best. I hope everything works out. You know what I mean? Thank Will you. this release see a vinyl press, do you think? Will it get CD copies? Or have you any, have you even got that far in thinking? We've we've given it a little bit of thought. Um, it's still up in the air at this point. Mm. Um, it is something that, you know, we always want to have a physical copy of our music. Yeah. Um, whether that be um, like we've done hand-knitted um, CD sleeves and things <laughs> like that. Um, we very much a DIY band from start exactly, to finish. Exactly, yeah. But um, these are things people collect. These are things that mean a lot to people, you know. Yeah, and we want if we do it, we really want to do it right. So we we're being very choosy who we go with, as well as what process we choose yeah. to go um, through with the box, the packaging, and everything. Because um, that's is something it, I'd like to have a hand. In. I get you. Would it be fair to say there is record labels sniffing around? Have you been in contact with some of them, or can you, you say know, they're a little quiet if they are? <laughs> okay okay um, I, yeah i think this track will make a, a huge impact in the post music scene i really do lads and i'm not just saying this because you're on my show i'm not just saying it to boost confidence and try and get people to listen to me or listen to anything else this track really is a standout track so far this year in the post rock scene and um, it is an amazing piece of music really appreciate that no worries, guys. Where are you going to go next? Because you did you did call it a single. But again, mm-hmm. as I said, Ryan, like you could have added one more track maybe to this and called it an EP, but yeah. No issues whatsoever. Like <laughs> but did you just want to get this track out there because you had it, or was it a case of it needs to stand alone? I think definitely um having it stand alone for the time being is the um, choice that we went with for the reason that it the story that influenced yeah. it with my wife is still very open-ended mm-hmm. um i think that's a big part of um the reason why i felt to end the song where it ends okay. um as well just kind of how it has that you know yes that feeling of okay mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> yeah there, there's more is there there's more exactly yeah exactly yeah, so for now, it's a single, yes. which will be released on the 28th of July. Uh, as I said, everybody, it's, it'll already be out there when this comes out. Be sure to hit the Bandcamp page. Beyond that, Ryan and Carver, have you even thought about, have you been writing other material or is this where you're at at the moment? Oh, yeah, I've I've definitely been noodling. Um, so um, <laughs> we we have a lot of different directions that we're looking at um at this point um carver and i have always if there's a hidden album that you won't be able to find anywhere you might be able to find one reference of it i think on sputnik um i put out an ep under living with giants originally in 2009 titled songs for a girl um it was (laughs) an ambient inspired um like folk um just random inspired performance recordings okay um and that's actually the origins of living with giants as a solo project um but 
with that, that's actually something that we've, you know, kind of toyed around with. Um, Carver's mom is a great ukulele player. Mm -hmm. um, and just trying to figure out ways to incorporate different kinds of instruments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think that's sort of the next uh, step musically, because this was sort of going away from just being uh, a release that, you know, the number of people in the band could perform live mm. to being something that we had a more, um, you know, orchestral approach in terms yeah. of arranging yeah. everything. Um, yeah. And I think next, you know, maybe other types of instrumentation would be interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to do something simple and stripped down. I'd love to do a really big elaborate production. I'd love to do something with instruments we've never used in a living with giant song. I, yeah. I think there's a ton of directions we could go and yeah, you know, we, we have a lot of ideas. I think a lot of what inspires us to move forward and um, we like, we love engineering. We love yeah. audio engineering, figuring out how to collect all these sounds and capture and mm -hmm. like them and just change them into what we have in our heads. So I think that's definitely um, going to be part of the influences. How do we want to approach this next as a production? Um, okay. I think that's definitely going to be what um, helps dictate what we're going to be out with. Cause we do want to go darker. We do want to yeah. go heavier. We do want to go brighter and happier as well. And that's the lovely part about post rock. It always just wants to elevate and absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I do love about post rock is the fact that as you touched on Carver's an instrument, anything can make its way into a post rock album, any instrument of any kind, if it's played, if it's played right, it will sound right, you know, there's, because there's so much emotion in this side style of music, you know, highs and lows. There's an instrument for every emotion, like everything is there. Everything's up for grabs. Ukulele, trumpets, trombones, bass, brass, you name it. You know, it's fantastic. Going, playing live, so lads, is not on the agenda for now. Am I right in saying that? What I can say is when rest was arranged, um, there are five individual guitar parts on one section. Oh, yeah. So finding, um, I need to start finding five guitarists to make this plan come alive. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so an online version maybe might work out right. Maybe getting five guys online like we had to do during COVID. Do you yeah, know exactly. We'll do, um, we'll do a Zoom yeah, A Zoom thing, exactly, yeah. yeah Unfortunately, exactly. I have no help to you, like, but anyway. I'll come along I come along for the ride, you know. Just out of curiosity, before we stop talking about the this track rest, how long did that take to write, guys, from start to finish? So originally the the original part was written in 2019. Um, but it kind of sat on the shelves until right after we stopped um working on this place is not a home. So I think yeah. that was March. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, probably about this time last year or maybe a little mm -hmm. bit earlier that we got together and actually sort of jammed it, played the parts together live. Okay. Um, and that was, I would say, probably when the song actually felt like it was really coming together yeah. and sort of a collection of parts. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot after that, though, too, because uh, I listened back to, we really just sort of put our recorder out and had it, you know, going for the hour that we were jamming. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was listening to it the other day. It's very different. Uh, we were 
you know, Ryan was like looping parts and I was trying to like figure out what to play and I would go, oh, that doesn't sound right. And I'd start a different pattern. So uh, I think that's when it really came together, but it was also yeah. different than it is now by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. I, I think the part of how long it took to write as well is just the amount of detail that really went into every little section um, down to the timing of how those um, symbols get bowed, the gongs yeah. get bowed um how every little nuance um especially in movement three um that ends up happening yeah um, yeah we spent a lot of, i think we spent almost an entire month just simply on percussion elements yeah um and they to... are beautiful like again those brush strokes even the in the piece that i played on the percussions like i mean i can only imagine the recording process getting every little as you said every little nuance correct I, I hope people appreciate the time and effort that goes into writing and creating a 16 minute piece of music, you know? Well, and, and as well with the guitar parts too, um, I don't, when we actually record, this is actually kind of interesting. Um, I record myself um, in isolation and frustration and <laughs> um, I, decide to perform the entire section as a whole so as soon as you hear that tram guitar that's, yeah. that's not stopped the entire time so for the entire section that you showed earlier yeah. um that guitar that enters in the beginning that's one entire take wow, wow. so it really almost needed to, it needed to be that way on this i think especially to push the emotions that yeah. kind of um, up and down the ebb and the flow of just being tired as well um i i know you mentioned Ryan, like the circumstances surrounding the idea behind it and what created it and the emotion that you went through in writing it but influences musically around the time of writing that single was there <laughs> anything that sort of came in into play um funny enough we just made a playlist <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, I think there's one album that I feel like we brought up as like engineering influence a lot. Uh, yeah, the Cult of Luna, um, their last album. Very good. Uh, we were we were kind of listening to that a lot uh, just because mm. we really like the sound of the the mix. Everything. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. The, the mix just sounded really good to us, and so that we kind of kept going back to that song and. Uh, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan put out a, a playlist, which is, I think is on our Spotify page of okay. uh, um, kind of things we were listening to. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I love to have it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say influences, but yeah, things things we like, things that we were listening to at the time, really. A lot of like a um, Bowren and Dirt Club of Gore. Um, obviously, a lot of um, This Will Destroy You, uh -huh. um, Sadness, um, yes. Deaf Heaven. Um, and I, there weren't too many really, because as soon as it started taking shape, it just kind of ran away with it. Yeah. Um, we yeah. kind of had more difficulty trying to figure out um, mix references okay. um, and mix influences um, for the entire piece, because it is a lengthy piece. Yeah. And again, I suppose the mixing and the mastering of this track, you learned a lot from the previous album, This Place Is Not Home, whatever I can say in that carver, it was, you're always yeah, well, learning, that, obviously. That was like the you're first always... time I, I sort of mixed a whole Living With Giants project. So, and all uh, right, sort of DIY thing. I, I'd used Living With Giants material as school projects. Um, 
Uh, but that was a very different process because I wasn't going back and forth with Brian. I was, you know, trying to get a song mixed to show to a professor mm-hmm. uh, and not, you know, something that I was wanting to put out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, this place is not a home. We really refined that process and sort of under figured out how to work in that way together. Um, and uh, that, you know, we ended up, I think, going a lot more ambitious with the production style and, and okay. mixing this release and yeah. ha- having the experience having done that just a year ago, uh, you know, helped us kind of give the footing to be able to step up and, and try to do a little bit more. Okay. And are you excited about the release of this track? <laughs> oh. uh, I'm so <laughs> like compare Compare it to what you've been releasing before, you know, is, is there a bit of, um, I, I don't know, how would you, apprehension, a bit of, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what people think of this. Yeah, I, I think it's more exciting because this is newer material. This is material we've written and you know kind of put together very recently. Yeah, you know this place is not a home. I would say was basically you know save for the kind of arrangement changes mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier, it was ready to release in like 2014 or 2015. Yeah. So uh, th- that felt almost weird going back to revisit old material. This, I think, is like very fresh. I remember how it went together in basically every way, which I can't say for the places not a home songs because that was a, a lot of it was just a while ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm really excited to get this out. I, Good. Um, I I really want people to hear it. Yeah, and I think with um, you know it with the previous release with this place is not a home it felt like closing a chapter on those um that yeah, side yeah. of living with giants as well because it was older material that mm-hmm. we had you know written as a quartet um but working as a duo and focusing more on studio craft is um opposed to okay this is the part where they're going to mosh or yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um just kind of really dive into, you know, philosophy of like, you know, how notes make you breathe differently. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole kind of metaphysics ideology that you can find in a lot of um, the style of music I find okay. Um, okay. when it comes to composition. Mm. Um, mm. I think that's what I'm really excited about is to see the reception that, you know, uh, I've, heard back from a few people um and it's all been amazingly positive yeah um yeah. far more than i could have could have expected like i've shown some coworkers and they don't listen to posts they don't listen to hardcore or anything else um but they're like i feel something in that yeah there's something yes. there and that's there just is, there is. an amazing feeling that i hope you know once it is released that everybody can participate in with us yeah, I think this this post scene gives people a chance, you know, it gives music a chance, which is which is a great thing. I think everybody is willing to listen to something new. You know, music is. I mentioned I was talking to um, the lads from the Death Beneath Us only two nights mm-hmm. ago, and I just mentioned your know, music has just become so throwaway. You know, a track will drop, an album will drop, yeah. you'll give a quick listen on Spotify, and you'll move on. You know, the days of sitting down with a track like rest for 16 minutes eyes closed lights off and just you know 
feeling the music you know it it's it's something that seems to be disappearing it, it actually kills me to say it like but i think that's the way music has gone and the likes of digital streaming and all that it's just so easy to get a taste of a track hmm, not for me move on but you could be dropping you could be walking away from an incredible album like you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I, I make this type of music and i don't sit down and listen as much as i should i mean i, mm. I feel exactly with that it's yeah um it's kind of yeah it's kind of weird to put out a piece of this length like this yeah when how things are shifting but um yeah it's yeah very against the grain i feel at a certain point because we're not gonna it, it's a little bit of a deterrent for playlisters um yeah. or any of that but we really wanted to represent these songs and as a collective piece that's why I we keep referring to it as a piece rather than, you know, something else, because it is individual ideas for one thing to come out. But you're right, right? Because if you wanted, like, I mean, if, if you weren't as concerned about what you've created, you could easily split that into three shorter tracks. Yeah. That was possible, like, but the journey wouldn't have been the same. No, not, not by not by a fucking uh, long long distance. We like. talked about that extensively. I mean, we went up until like the day I uploaded. <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. Up until quite recently, we were going back and forth, and you know, ultimately we kind of settled. You know, would it make sense for one of the three tracks to come up on shuffle or something like it? it, it okay, I mean, it, it kind of to us didn't make sense without context, and so yes. you know, it, it yeah it. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that see a long song and they go, Oh no. And then they just hit next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a long song that opens with a very quiet uh, sort of intro. That it's just, a single guitar for an entire minute. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it, it yeah, does, try, it does, it does bring you in though. Will we do something that helps our stream in, numbers yeah. or, yeah, it's uh but no, we, what we landed on was this is a single piece. I, I think like this is the best way to present it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've done a, a sterling job on it, and I really do. And I, and I wish you all the best with it. But again, like I said, this post scene gives music a chance, I think. And again, I think if you go two or three minutes into this track, you won't you won't walk away from it. That's what mm-hmm. I found. The minute those guitars, that ambience, that atmosphere just sort of sucks you in. It's, it's hard to walk away. So I high hopes for this track, guys. Come here. That's all my questions, really. I want to just have a little bit of fun there with the session questions. I would yeah, have sent you away there a couple of weeks ago. We're going to kick off with the first one there, lads. What musician or band would you like to hear do their own interpretation of one of your tracks? One of our tracks. Was that the, was that the questions I sent to you? I think it was. I hope it was. No. You had, the, you had it the other way other around. Way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mix them around, so yeah. It's like okay. We can like ask that one, too. <laughs> Who would you like to um, it's going to be the same answer for me. I'd like Sam Smith to cover <laughs> um, one of our songs. That'd be great. <laughs> um, my pick would be Unholy by Sam Smith. Just something about that orchestration okay. and um, just the delivery of the vocals. Um, we come from a musical theater background, actually. That's how we met. Um so just something about that track just invites like a character in a way and i feel like that would be a fun kind of challenge to kind of try to portray with guitar okay so we go back to your original question so lads (laughs) but but i actually did send you what track would you like to do am i right in saying that is that what i sent you 
What would you like yeah. to do an interpretation of? A cover version? Well, I don't know. I think it would be uh, fun to do an instrumental cover of like a Deftone song or something that's very dark and kind of atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Not quite our style, but, mm-hmm. you know, related somewhat, somewhat close. Yeah, yeah, good um, call. It was mentioned last week, actually, as well. Deftones were dropped, which is interesting. Um, Brian, have you one there for me? Um, I probably go with Mr. Brightside. Um, <laughs> Very good. It's a just slow it down, like about to eighty-five BPM or something like that, and just really, really slow melodic feel it's, to it. It's got a lot of soaring melodies. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it. Would yeah, really good. Would you or incorporate one- a lyric or a vocal to it, Ryan? I'm sorry? Would you incorporate a, a vocal to that? You know, um, <sighs> I can't answer that question. <laughs> I, I'm i so undecided as far as yeah. vocals go. You know? um, originally, when Living with Giants started, I did have lyrics for actually each of those songs on the EP that is now mm-hmm. hidden. <laughs> Um, lost to by my, my lost to my space archives, um, okay. but um, I just never felt right. It just didn't feel like the same kind of story. Like I'm personally not able to emote through voice, okay. um, in the same way I am on guitar. What about spoken passages? Because we spoke about this on the review room there, the the new series that I brought out there last week. We're speaking about spoken passages put into music, which I love myself. Is it something that you ever dabbled with? Is it something that you would look into messing around with? There was actually one track um, that we did mess around with a choral um, kind of feel to it. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, that for, was for, a while ago. For the most part, I think we've steered away from that post-rock trope of, you know, sort of the vocal sample yeah. spoken word thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, that would, I, yeah, we haven't really ever gone that direction, but if we had the, you know, we had the right message that we needed to convey yeah. in the song, if it fit. You never know. say never saw a carver. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big part of it is with the whole vocals um, is I don't want to like, I, I'd be okay with vocalization, but with lyrics and everything else, it, I feel trapped as a listener at times. Okay, um, interesting concept, yeah. Um, and with a lot of the instrumentation that we do choose to do, um, being very delicate, being very interwoven together, like I mentioned earlier, having five different guitar parts go over each other and adding mm-hmm. a voice on top of that is just a little yeah. chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Right, that's you want to the second question, which I... I'm pretty sure this is the correct one I sent you. What movie or series would you like to hear one of your tracks appear on? Carver, we'll go with you uh, I would, you know, I, I would love uh, Westworld, I think. I remember when the, the first season came out a while back, um, the soundtrack for that was all these, like, orchestral covers of, like, Radiohead songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember listening to that and going, like, oh, that's so cool. I wish, like, I had done that. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, that show's canceled now, but, um, I, I like, I really like the way they approach this sort of like, uh, you know, orchestral or like Western arrangement of uh-huh. basic nineties alternative. That was yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. call. Good call. Carver. Yeah. Right. Um, I can't, I couldn't think of a specific movie or a series, but 
within a genre, I would like to see our music come up on someone's headphones as they're taking them off on a show like CSI or something like that. Like some little punk kid <laughs> in the corner, just like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. That's a first, Strange right? That's a first. Incidental music. Yeah. In a club crime procedural. <laughs> but I, I love the idea that you're talking, that, you, that you're mentioning, right? Yeah. The fact that, you know, it's playing in the background, in someone's background, you know, it's, it's sort of a, Two layer fold, two fold. Exactly. Nice call. Now, nice are we the call, music yeah. that the serial killer listens to, or find out next episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. The third question. So I, I've mixed these up a few times. This is the one I have in front of me, but it may not be the right one. Who do you regret not seeing live? No. Huh? Who do you regret not seeing live? What band? Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> That was wasn't the question. No. That's a good uh, question. Is I'll, a ask, good I'll question. ask you the other question after this one before we leave. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably Sigaros. Um, the last time that they came through. Um, okay. I had a whole bunch of friends that I went to when they played in Berkeley. And it was just apparently the most phenomenal night. And they're one of my bucket list bands for yeah. sure. So. Mm -hmm. Carver, can I put you on the spot as well here? I know, since this um, wasn't the question I, I gave. I mean, that, that was too good of an answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've seen a decent amount of my bucket list bands, but there's a fair number. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen Russian Circles? I have not. That's a good one. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think maybe the, the post-metal bands I have not mm -hmm. seen a lot of since getting into, so... yeah. Russian Circles would be a, probably a good show. It is a uh, fucking amazing show. Have you seen him, Ryan? No, I want no. to. So, oh, yeah, Russian no. Circles, yeah. Cult of Luna would be a great show to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking, I think, wasn't Cast Caspian was like the last show I saw before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that was like yeah. a couple before lockdown, I think. Yeah. Um, Another amazing show, I'm assuming, Carver, you, you witnessed there. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. But yeah, I think uh yeah, a lot of the post metal that I've got into in the in the last few years, I, I didn't haven't really seen those bands live. Mm -hmm. So go with that. Right. So that was the question that I didn't send you, but I think the one is uh, that I did send you was who would you like to play support? Am I right? What yeah. band would you like to play a support act to? Our guest um, act. So I being that we aren't having plans to play live currently, I'd mm -hmm. love to see a reunion tour of Minus the Bear. I saw them on their farewell tour and they were absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's okay. the difference of music. Yeah. Um, we might be able to kind of balance each other a little bit. I feel like it would be a very interesting combination of energy. Nice one. Nice call, right? Jeez, that was well thought. That that question was well thought. It's a good job. I, I, asked I was it. way back and forth. I went through like, <laughs> oh, I should say Taylor Swift. She's my wife's favorite, so I can get her ticket. And then just I can annoy as many people as possible. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You were right to call what you called. <laughs> Carver, what about yourself? Um, you know, their fans would hate us, but one of the most fun shows I ever went to was Mashuga. Uh, that was a crazy crowd. <laughs> I don't know who that is, Carver. Mashuga? They're uh, like a Swedish technical metal, progressive oh, metal Mashuga. band. Oh, sorry, Jesus, yeah. Apologies, of course, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, uh, 
uh, we wouldn't fit at all. Uh, but no. I, that was one of the most fun shows I, I went to. Just the crazy crowd, their light setup, their light rig is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I would love to just sort of like try to, you know, warm a crowd up with the, that's expecting that sort of energy. Like just bring our own energy. To <laughs> yeah. With with the opportunity of, of to be rained on with bottles, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Energy, I know. Yeah, now exactly. now everyone's getting stuff thrown at them. So maybe it's... it seems to be a craze at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a phenomenon. All of a I sudden. was watching Metallica clips there actually just recently of their latest tour. And there's people fucking throwing bottles at them. I just don't I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. It's money. So it's, huh? You get a tax refund off that. <laughs> <laughs> right. There you go, lad. That's it. That's all the questions I have. That's everything. I hope you enjoy that show, lads. Yeah, of course. Great yeah. stuff. Come here. I, I want to thank you for coming on. Ryan, I know we've been talking on and off there for the last couple of months. It was a joy to finally chat in some way face to face. I can't wait for people to witness and hear rest on July 28th, lads. Be sure to fucking get on Bandcamp and get this track because you will absolutely be blown away. Whatever you know of Living With Giants, amazing post-rock, but this, they've taken a little detour here, direction with this track. Um, It's something that will really resonate with everybody that listens to it, I think. So be sure to check that out, July 28th. Brian, Carver, thanks so much, guys. And who knows, we might catch each other at some stage down the road. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Not about it all, guys. Pledge was all mine. There you have it, lads. Living with Giants. Check them out. Thanks to Richie from the Metal Set Podcast who edits and produces the show. And also thanks to our main sponsor, Rising Suns Brewery, who brew beautiful craft beers right here in Cork City. Check them out. Until two weeks' time, see you on. Take care. Bye bye.